The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Many times we feel paralyzed by fear and body hatred. In order to feel better about ourselves and live the life we really want to manifest, we have to own up to our difficult feelings and self-sabotaging thoughts and behaviors. We all enter this world naked. Now it's time to feel good naked. No matter what your body size or life circumstances, this is Feel Good Naked Radio. And your host is Laura Redmond. On this program, Laura will help you become more embodied, self-empowered, and mindful to take charge of whom you really are and to live the life you deserve to live. Now, here is your host, Laura Redmond. You're listening to Feel Good Naked Radio. I'm your host, Laura Redmond. When I wrote my book, Feel Good Naked, in 2001, I uncovered a term in my book that was body hatred. And since that time, the conversation has just exploded. It's, it's more alive than it's ever been. And in our culture now, this term is referred to as body shaming. So I wanted to make this show all about body hatred and body shaming, however you may term it. And with that, I want to give you a lot to think about so you can really ask yourself how you, in fact, speak to yourself about your body. This will be an adult conversation. So if you have a little one around, it's a good time to take this next hour for yourself. And um, if you want to call in, we'll be taking live calls. I'm really excited about my guest today. Her name is Lisa Carmen, and she is the founder of Sacred Sexy You, The Burlesque Experience, and her newest project, which is called Body Love Affair. Lisa is a guide for other women. She's a leader. She teaches confidence through all these different venues. And the reason I wanted her to be my guest today was recently on social media, Lisa came out and said that she struggles with her body, that she suffers from body hatred, and that she wanted to be vulnerable and honest in a social media context in order to work harder on her own process. And I found that really interesting, and I've invited her to join us today. So I'm very excited to share with you the enchanting Lisa Carmen. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Laura. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Super excited. I want to start by asking you what compelled you to be so brave and so courageous in coming out and letting the world know through social media that you were struggling with a problem that probably few people would have thought was something that was your own personal struggle. Mm. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know... um, it happens so sneakily and, you know, subversively, this this disconnect. You know, I, I've been someone who 
has very publicly um, supported body positivity and body acceptance and self, you know, encouraging self-esteem and confidence and all these things that I've been doing with my programs. And, you know, it, by, by making this my business, I also, and I think this happens to a lot of us, we kind of end up distancing ourselves from our very own message. You know, it, we're not internalizing it. We're not experiencing it because it becomes our, our job, you know, and... Um, that's kind of what was happening to me little by little. I didn't really realize it. Uh, the struggle that I was in was very private and very personal, and if I ever did reveal it, you know, sometimes like let's say in a women's circle or in an event that I, I was hosting or whatever, if, if a conversation came around to that, someone might say, you know, you, you're not supposed to say things like that. You know, you're, you're our leader. You're supposed to love your body or, you know, you're telling us, you know, so so. What do we do when, you know, when we don't feel safe sharing our truth? We stop it down, you know. We hide it. We put it deeper. I put it away. I, you know, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to fix this. And it got to the point where um, the dissonance between who I was inside, what was going on inside, and what I was projecting to the world became almost unbearable, you know. And uh, I had a couple of experiences in recent months where... um, I was face-to-face with the truth, in fact, face-to-face with my own reflection in a mirror exercise that I was in in a a women's workshop just a couple months ago uh, where I was reminded of how personal this work is. You know, I I have spent so much of my life wishing my body was different. I have spent so much time, so much energy. You know, if I go back funny, I'll, I'll read my journals. Once in a while, I'll flip through my old journals, and the conversation hasn't really changed a whole lot in some of those pages. You could, you know, erase the date from an entry 20 years ago, and it would match the exact, you know, it would match an entry from three months ago. You know, I would, I would, you know, once I lose that 20 pounds, I just need to eat better. I just need to do better. I just need to be better. You know, if I, uh, if I could love my body better, blah, blah, blah. The same conversation has been consuming me for 20 years, that same 20 pounds has been consuming me for 20 years. I have lost and gained the same 20 pounds probably 20 times. <laughs> so well, I, uh, it just got to a point where I, I was tired of it. I was exhausted. And I felt like, you know, I'm 45 years old. I don't have, I don't want to waste another minute in this battle. I don't want to waste another minute wishing I was different than I am. I want to love myself for real. I want to own this love that I've been offering to others so freely, you know, and helping others experience it while, while withholding it from myself. You know, I'm done with that. So, so it got very personal. It just kind of, you know, hit me in the face, basically, and, um, and I realized I can't, I can't pretend to have this together anymore. It's, and it's, it's a disservice to me. It's a disservice to my community, and it's interesting because when I start telling the truth, everyone's like, yes. Me too. You know, there's this this collective exhale, like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, let's get real. Let's get true. I want to stay bring with up what's true. That's the, where I'm at. The thing you bring up, though, that I have to stop you right there and just pause you because I want you to go deeper with this idea with me that it is a process. It is a daily, it's a daily exercise. And the reason that I wrote my book in 2001 was when I realized that the most beautiful visual women in the world that I was helping 
teach wellness and fitness to. And these were famous models and actresses, and mm-hmm. everyone knows who they are by name. And they didn't feel good right. about the way they looked, which is when I realized there is a connection here that is a soulful, mindful connection to our bodies that we must access. And I think the first way, which you are perfectly profiling, which is why I wanted to stop you, is that the first way is to really pay attention to your self-talk. How do you speak to yourself silently in your own mind? Absolutely. When you look in the mirror, when you are in clothes, when you're naked. Um, And I think that the self-speak that often goes unnoticed is prevalent and is often in a negative context for women, certainly. And I think it's becoming much more, um, unfortunately, it's becoming as common for men that are coming out now and saying, hey, wait, we don't want to be left out of this body revolution because we're, we're not feeling great about our bodies either. But, but really, typically, it's been women, and I've studied women, and that's been my, my focus. And I think that those 20 pounds you talk about, every one of us as women know what you mean when you say you lose and gain the same 20 pounds. And I think the key is to really take hold of that self-speak and change it around. Absolutely. That is key. And I don't think there's any path to a healthy relationship with yourself, with your body, without kind talk. You know, I mean, there's no... Compassion is the only path I know to, to, to really loving myself. And if there's another, I'd love to hear about it. But I don't think there is. I'm convinced that, that it is the path. It's kindness and compassion. And, you know, sometimes we hear about, you know, uh, we hear people say, you know, love your body, love your body. And sometimes that's a stretch. That's a real stretch for a lot of women. Really, you know, let's start with kindness. Can we start there? You know, that, that's a great place to start, compassion, noticing the way that we speak to each other. I've had to get actually very vigilant with the way that I speak to myself. I, I call her, I've, I've named this part of me Mama Bear. There's hmm. this part of me that, that is becoming fierce about protecting myself from myself, you know, protecting myself from that negative self-talk that, that I had become so habitually wrapped up and I wasn't even noticing it. It was so normal. Um, and, and Mama Bear's not having it anymore. You know, there's this part of me that is finally standing up for myself, saying, no more, we don't talk to ourselves that way anymore. We don't exactly. say those kinds of things, so just, just like you would to, to two kids that were talking mainly to each other. No, we don't speak to each other that way. It's you like know, a, so, it's, it's self-bullying if you don't... Absolutely. And and when we think of bullying, we think of it as someone doing it to another. But right. what what if the biggest bully is that which is within your own brain that is speaking to you? And and before we go to break, I want to bring up that you're touching on compassion, kindness. I am going to put love in there too, because I do know that the number one shame trigger for women, the number one shame trigger for women is body weight and body appearance. And the opposite of shame is compassion and love and kindness. So if you think about that as the number one trigger for all women, then there's no doubt that we have got to switch this language around both outwardly, but most importantly, inwardly. Oh, yeah. So I want to ask you, before we go to break, I'm going to have you think about something. And when we come back out of break, I'd like you to answer it. And the question is going to be, what brings you sorrow in your life? Because I think one of the great ways that we get a hold of body hatred is by making space for the 
big, tough, difficult feelings and things that we end up turning on our body. But if we can find a place to invite sorrow to a dinner table and sit down with us and the difficult conversations that evolve out of sorrow and difficulty, we end up becoming more aware of how we don't need to turn that on our bodies. So I want you to think about that. And, um, I'll be back with you in a moment to fully unpack with all of you out there the whole idea of body hatred. And, and we're taking live calls. So if you want to join in on the conversation, we would love to hear from you. Call in. Let us know what you think about body hatred. the experts call toll free right now 1-866-472-5787 and ask our all-star team to answer your questions that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling voiceamerica.com do the adventures of indiana jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession if so don't miss indiana jones myth reality, and 21st century archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Laura Redmond. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to feelgoodnakedradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Feel Good Naked Radio. I'm Laura Redman, your host, and my guest today is Lisa Carmen, and we're unpacking the truth behind body shaming and how to be free from body self-hatred. And one of the questions that I left Lisa with at break was to think about sorrow and what brings her sorrow in life, because I believe that one of the things that frees us from self-hatred is standing in our truth leading the way for others by being truthful ourselves. So, Lisa, I'd love for you to answer the question about sorrow so we can honestly let others know that you're not alone in your sorrow. We all have it. What would be your sorrow? Well, you know, it's funny that you should bring up that word because we don't often connect that word to 
body shame or body loathing. But when I had, you know, I was mentioning earlier the experience I had in the mirror. I was at a a women's workshop. It was actually a a workshop here in Dallas that I was attending. And um, the focus, it it was called the um, Reclaiming or Recovering the the Sexy Sisterhood. And it was about women and how we relate to each other. And so I was not expecting to do mirror work (laughs) in this workshop. I thought we'd be, you know, bonding and, you know, experiencing all this, you know, nice, you know, sister kind of connection, but ultimately our, our number one relationship is with the, with the sister within, you know, the sister that we are to ourselves. And so at the end of the workshop, um, she had us sit in front of the mirrors. We're in a, a dance studio, and um, one of the things, you know, I've done mirror work before, um, but what was profoundly different about this experience for me was that as I was looking at myself, she guided us. She would say, like, um, so if you're criticizing yourself right now, you know, you, you might find yourself being critical. And, yes, every time she said that, I was sitting there thinking, oh, my tummy's sticking out. Oh, my eyes look puffy. I look tired. You know, it's really hard to sit in front of a mirror and just stare at yourself, you know, uh, in a workshop. And um, when she would catch me, you know, she knew when I was going down that road. And she would say, okay, I want you to put yourself inside the one who's being criticized. Be the one who's hearing the criticism. You know, when we, when we project, you know, this self-talk towards ourselves, um, we don't really think of the one who's hearing it. You know, we don't think of the one who's receiving all of that meanness. You know, we, we just kind of throw it out there. And so all of a sudden I'm looking at myself and I am starting to really feel the pain and the sorrow of this me sitting here looking at me and the sadness in her eyes for the years and years and years of meanness that has been directed at her and the mean things I have been saying to her and at her. And she's sitting there looking at me, and I was overcome with sorrow, and I began, I began sobbing. And, um, and, my, and my tears were sorrow. It was just deep grief. Like, and, and all I kept thinking of was, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. For the first time in my life, I put myself in her shoes, you know, and actually received and felt what she was feeling for the first time ever, you know, and, and it now um, I'm, that sorrow is so close to the surface that I can touch it and access it pretty easily when I forget, when I slip into that, oh, you know, that look at you or, you know, that the little those little chattery voices that come in, I'll have to remember. I have to put myself inside the one who's receiving the criticism, and it shifts everything. And then I feel, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to talk to you like that. So that was my, I think, one of the most profound experiences I've had with sorrow, at least in in recent memory, where it finally just caught up with me. Like, I'm tired of this. I'm done with this. I'm so sorry. I've caused you so much pain for so many years without ever thinking about, like, how does she feel about these things I tell her? You know, this, this sister inside of me, this one who's being told that she's not good enough, that her body's not acceptable, that she's not okay the way she is. You know, God, that poor thing. <laughs> you know, it just hit me like a ton well, of bricks. Well, the sorrow you're describing is a portal to the happiness and the mm. joy that's on the other side. Because, yeah. you know, whether we were told something negative about our bodies from another person, which is often what happens for us as women is we are body shamed by someone in our life when we're younger and we never forget the feeling and we never forget the message and we embody it, but we also 
put it away. That's the shame. It's it's like mm-hmm. it's it's hidden in that file cabinet within ourselves, but it's always there. It's always prevalent. And even if you feel like you might look good in an outfit or naked, there is still that voice until you silence it that is overpowering that good experience or that good feeling that deserves to be there instead of the shame. Mm -hmm. So the sorrow is a way to unlock the shame And then replacing it with self-love would be the next step. But before we go there, I want to just say that you made me remember that one of the things in my book I talk about is to really get a throw your scale, your bathroom scale, out of Mm -hmm. the window, off of a roof of a building, but make sure no one's under it. (laughs) Um, But get rid of that number because that 20 pounds that you Mm -hmm. talked about and looking at the belly and the marrow with that workshop, you know, it's interesting. My weight right now has never been higher in the last five years. But here's the thing. Joy and, and happiness came back into my life in February of this year. But for the five years before that, I was in such a sad, depressed, important place that I'm, I had to go through it to get to this right joyful place. And I started enjoying food again, you know, and I love food. Food is a beautiful part of life. And it was always a great part of my life as, as a young woman, as an older woman. But when I went through this terrible vortex of sadness and loss, I really didn't have an appetite. I didn't feel very hungry. I did not crave a lot of foods and my weight was lower. And then in February of this year, joy began to show up in my life because I dealt with the darkness. And I started to love to eat again. And I started to feel this excitement about food. And now when I feel the extra weight on my body, I bless it, I honor it, and it represents to me happiness and joy after the darkest of periods. So there's something to say about where we put our emotions and how they then either turn against us or support us based on our bodies. So what would you say about the happy part or the joyful part, which is just right next door to the sadness or the sorrow? Well, you know, I love that story. It's a beautiful story. And for me, a big a big factor, you know, is freedom. And you, t- you touched on freedom, the freedom of not you know, relying on the scale to tell you how to feel about yourself every day and the freedom of being able to enjoy food and pleasure in food and enjoy the sensuality of eating and uh, where food is not good or bad. It's, it's food, you know, and it's, it's, it's a gift and it's a, it's, a, it's a portal, you know, for enjoying life. And um, freedom was always my number one. Like anytime I've done any kind of value assessment or, you know, the core desired feelings work or anything, freedom is always at the top of the list. The feeling of freedom is a priority to me. But yet I was not living in freedom, and I, and I didn't really realize it until, you know, it's like you don't really know about the cage you're in until you're out of the cage, you know. Hmm. And um, I realized I was not free at all. I was weighing myself every day. That is not freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, I am, I am telling my clients to put their scale away while I'm getting on mine every day because I don't deserve that kind of freedom. They do, but I don't. You know, just a whole bunch of hogwash, really. And for me, um, discovering freedom and the joy, gosh, you know, being able to eat 
what tastes good and, you know, and not putting everything on a, on a, a value scale. And, you know, I, I've tried every, you know, carb-free, uh, paleo, you know, uh, wheat, you know, and, and I'm not saying that there's not value in any of those, but I know that for me, true freedom means not dieting. Hallelujah. And, you know, I'm, I'm done with dieting. I'm done. Hallelujah. And, and I think that, <laughs> that must go hand in hand, too, with stopping the insanity that you mentioned has finally come to a point where you're done with going down that path of body yes. shaming yourself silently or otherwise. And then with that comes the beauty and joy of eating and moving. And when you move your body and you nourish your body, there is this serenity and empowerment that comes through those simple choices that we all must do every day. And and just to put it into a different framework, you know, the opposite of that is an eating disorder. The mm-hmm. opposite of that is having a relationship that is conflicted and dark and very dangerous with food. So you want to learn where food lives in your life and allow it. And I mean all the food groups. I don't mean Mm -hmm. restricting. I mean allowing. And when you awaken your mind and your body to what you're eating and how you're moving, it all balances in this miraculous way where your body wants good food, the nourishment is felt by your system, this vessel that is your body, and it becomes a lot easier than the torment that you had put yourself through before you really decide to love the skin you're in. Absolutely, and that's what freedom really is. Exactly, <laughs> you know, that is what freedom oh, you is. Know, now, you know, this, this most important feeling that I've always considered to be at the top of my list, I didn't even really know what it is. You know, it just kind of blows me away that like, oh, so this is what it feels like to be free. I, I'm, not, I'm not imprisoned by that anymore, you know, and I can like, um, I don't know if you noticed a, a Facebook post I just posted the other day, but um, I, you know, I've been in and out of the gym for, you know, 30 years, you know, yes. um, where I'll get in the habit of working out and going in the, into the gym to, you know, change my body, um, usually always coming from a place of not approving of my body the way it is, even when I've been that ideal weight, you know. Um, and I just started going to the gym again this week after a long hiatus because I said, I hate the gym, I'm not going back. Um, but I'm go- for the first time this week, I went to the gym because I love my body instead of because I hate my body. And I'll tell you, it was a completely different experience than any other visit I've ever had to the gym. You know, um, marveling at my body's ability. You know, I've been through chronic pain situations. I've been, you know, my body's done, you know, been up and down um, with uh, health issues and, you know, just different things. And, and what a miracle machine it is, you know. And, uh. you know, uh, being on that elliptical and, and marveling and being in awe of my body and taking care of my body in a different way, uh, coming from a place of love, it's it's game changer, you know. I mean, yeah. and you know, it's it's it seems so common sense, really, you know. But when I'm now that I'm embodying the actual truth of what I've always known, but never really embodied, uh, it's it's nothing short of miraculous. Well, I often say any day not in a hospital is a great day. And yeah. so it, there's, no, there's no excuse. If, if you are not in a hospital today, then mm. get out there and move your body. 
get to know your body. And when we come back from break, I want to segue to the sexuality of our bodies because you do a lot of work with women around um, the sexual aspect of our bodies. And I think in many ways that has been one of the great ways that women are guarded or shield. They shield their own soul from their sexual self because of the body shame that we've touched on. So after the break, I'd like to talk a little bit about sexuality and the body. And also I want to know where you have great joy in your life. Be back soon. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Laura Redmond. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to feelgoodnakedradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Feel Good Naked Radio. I'm your host, Laura Redman, and today my guest is Lisa Carmen. And before we went to commercial, I asked Lisa to think about how the sexual component of our bodies connects us into our body love and how joy, the opposite of sorrow, and again, I think there always has to be a room for for both, and, and I think sexuality doesn't exclude sorrow, but I wanted Lisa to talk more about where the sexuality and feeling good naked are synonymous with each other. Yeah, I, you know, um, I recently read about a study that sexual pleasure or any, any kind of physical sensual pleasure is directly, uh, it, directly in correlation to our body image, and how we feel about our body. And so the better I feel about my body, the better sex life I have, the better, the worse I feel about my body, the less pleasure I'm experiencing in bed. The, the two are so closely related. And so when I think about pleasure and sexual pleasure in bed and, and the, you know, the experiences that I've had where I was um, 
I was siphoning, or not siphoning, but um, I guess blocking, blocking my own pleasure by, you know, something that a lot of us will do, you know, when we're, uh, when we're in a sexual experience, you know, when, you know, positioning ourselves just right, you know, posturing ourselves, arching ourselves just in the right way, or wondering how we look, or, you know, um, you know, covering up with a sheet, so that, you know, that's a preoccupation, that's a fixation on our body, it takes us, it, it instantly takes us out of the experience of our full pleasure. You know, we, we can't be in both places at the same time, you know. So, again, I'm looking at my, my past and my experiences wondering, gosh, how much have I missed out on? You know, how, how much pleasure have I deprived myself of? because of my own fixation on my body. And, you know, we, we as women are really good at obsessing about our bodies but not even embodying our bodies. You know, we'll obsess about them, but we're not in our bodies. We'll be fixated on our bodies, but we're not engaged with our bodies. You know, so moving from fixation to engagement and being in our bodies, it just wakes us up to limitless opportunities for joy and pleasure and sexuality. Um, what do you think? Well, I think when you allow joy and pleasure and sexuality, no one notices, including yourself, what your body looks like, whether your belly <laughs> is large or small or your buttock is right, large yeah. or small or whether the lights are on or off or whether the sheet is you know, covering you or exposing you. I think mm-hmm. the freedom that we're talking about, when, when you can get rid of these body messaging demons that are part of your mental self-speak, and you can walk into who you are with pride, compassion, kindness, and love, and full acceptance, and get rid of the bathroom scale, and really get to know who you are on every level, soulfully, mentally, physically, there is a amazing coming together and an integration. And then that translates sexually and that becomes um, the freedom that allows you to be in erotic pleasure or intimate pleasure and really enjoy it. So you're not halfway in and halfway out. And then at that moment you realize, and I believe that's where sexuality is a great messenger. You realize that you are finally free from body hatred and it has nothing to do with the size of your body or the weight of your body. Absolutely nothing, yeah. It's such an inside job. It's so interesting how irrelevant the way that we actually look or actual size and weight is to how we feel about ourselves. You know, it's, it's yeah. like you were saying, you know, working with, you know, these um, what you might call aesthetically perfect people and they're still struggling with their own um, body loathing and body shame you know, it's just an it's always an interesting thing to me. It has nothing to do with with how you feel about yourself, and when, but when you are feeling good about yourself, and when you are coming from a place of love, the world notices. You know, I mean, you can think of people that walk into a room and maybe you know they're not conventionally what you would call um, ideal. You know, the media ideal or whatever, but they walk in that room with confidence glowing and and sexually you know sexually charged energy and just you know that 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 je ne sais quoi you know um, yeah we we've all seen it we recognize it instantly when we see it and it has com- you know absolutely nothing to do with what's on the outside i think it's an authentic charisma and the only yeah. way to get there is from 
this work that we're talking about. It, I want to I want to segue over to aging because um, one of the things that's really interesting to share is that I wrote Feel Good Naked when I was in my late thirties, uh-huh. and the conversation has never been more relevant than now. And one of the things that really has been interesting for me now that I'm in my mid fifties is to use these principles that I created when I was in my late 30s as I'm getting older. And mm. they're, they're so helpful because I think one of the things that we are really challenged by in our culture now more than ever is trying to reverse aging or slow down aging or stop aging, which is the opposite of a feel-good naked lifestyle. I think I think there's so much excitement in getting older. I personally love getting older. Um, and I made a decision in my life not to alter that process, not to even get Botox, which good Lord, I need it in terms of the culture's way of viewing lines and frowns and smiles and laughter and tears. My face shows all of it with lots of lines and creases, but those are the wonderful tattoos of my life and, and the mm. map of who I am. And, and I don't want to change that. And I don't want to make my eyes less puffy because they remind me of my beloved father and and I see my aging process as a way to honor my history to honor where I came from but also to be very happy with who I am therefore whatever happens as I'm aging is just part of that experience of being alive so you're younger than I am but I know that for many women when they hit their 40s they typically start to feel this kind of panicky uh, reality that they're getting older they're no longer youthful um, and and I think there's got to be a language that is more common in the society that we live in that gives great credit to the aging process and honors the skin, you know, changing its tonality, the face having more lines, the eyes being more expressive. So with what you're teaching with the burlesque experience and sacred sexy you, what would you say about the aging process and learning how to really love the skin that you're in? You know, I I think it's warfare, really, what we're up against, because um, for, for us to change that conversation we have to work really hard. You know, it, it, our world is not set up. The society that we live in is not set up to honor. And what you speak, to, you speak of it so beautifully that I would, I just felt myself like, I love getting older. You know, <laughs> like because of your language and because of the way that you're expressing it in poetry. The world, you know, I go and grab O magazine. No offense to O magazine. <laughs> I love O, but every other page is a, a skincare ad telling me to be ageless, telling me to be for, uh, you know, um, age defiant. Or um, there's, a new, there's some product lines that have the word blur in them lately. Blur. Like, Ugh. blur your face out so that we don't have to look at those wrinkles. You know, like, so everything else is, you know, but there are some voices like yours and like, like other women in the, the community, this, this um love the skin you're in, movement that's happening that are saying, hey, this is beautiful, and we're redefining what beauty is. I'm still, you know, I'm 45, I just turned 45, and I'm just starting to see 
some of the lines, some of the things coming up. The thing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to, I guess, feel my age in some subtle and not so subtle ways. You know, it's kind of a new thing for me. And um, it's something I consciously have to work on. I consciously have to be in a very, uh, you know, it, it, I, in a um, mindful conversation with myself because my mind wants to believe what, what the magazines tell me. My mind wants to believe what the pictures tell me, what the videos, what the memes, what, you know, but my heart knows differently, you know, and, and unfortunately our hearts, you know, our truth doesn't speak loudly. It doesn't yell over the other voices, you know. We have to really tune in to hear it. But um, so it's, a, it's an ongoing journey for me. It's one, you know, and when I hear you speak the way that you speak about um, aging, it, it, it's music, it's beauty, it's, it's exciting, you know, and I want more of that. I want to feel more of that, and I think that, that we have to keep talking about it. You know, we, we have to change the conversation. Oh boy, Dewey. And I mean, I did get an older. I, I uh-huh. find it so much fun. And I, it was, my dad said to me yesterday, how old do you feel? And uh-huh. it was a great question. I said, I feel 38 and uh-huh. he's in his eighties now. And he said that uh-huh. he felt like he was in his sixties. So right. I think our feelings uh-huh. are yeah. our thoughts in action so that if you can take control of your thoughts around this whole paradigm of being in your body, being embodied, loving the life that you create for yourself, all of a sudden aging is a non-issue because you're living in a present mindful life. And with that comes freedom and body love and soul depth and mindful stimulation. And all of that does not equate a number, you know? So what I feel is symbolic of the energy that I possess, but I work every day to create that life for myself. And and that's what I want to get into when we get back from break is that this is a process. As we began this show, I said, it's a process. Mm -hmm. It's a daily practice. It doesn't happen through osmosis. You don't just get to say, (laughs) you you can't just say, well, you know what? I think I'm going to love my body after all. That was a great show. (laughs) And I learned a lot. It is a practice, people. (laughs) You have to practice it. You have to create a great deal of focal points within the brain and you have to reverse the self-speak that is that which is killing you in terms of this embodied life. And as you get older and as you become more conscious of the language that you speak to yourself silently, there is no fear around aging. There is no fear about getting older. There is no fear around a couple of pounds gained, a couple of pounds lost. It's a non-issue. And that is how I would define freedom and joy. We'll be back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Laura Redmond. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to feelgoodnakedradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. You are listening to Feel Good Naked Radio. I am your host, Laura Redman, and my guest today is Lisa Carmen. And before we went to break, we were really being honest that this journey takes a great deal of focus, this journey of self-love, this journey of loving the skin you're in, this journey of not letting fear drive your life, but letting love drive your life, and how to really get there. How does one really get to that place? And it is a daily practice. It is not something that happens without an effort and without an awareness and without becoming more mindful. So the first step that we gave you today was really paying attention to yourself speak. Like you want to get real. You need to be honest with how you talk to yourself. Um, and, and the first step is that. So if you take out a journal and it's your private journal, um, or you seek help from someone who can really guide you in getting a hold of these demons that is the self-speak in which you are not being kind to who you deserve to be, get a hold of that first. And then I would say the next step of that process is changing the language, learning a new language. So one of the things I do every day, one of my most sacred practices, is that when I get up in the morning, I spend... 21 minutes, and and you can do this in five minutes, and I focus on the affirmation of myself. I focus on the affirmation of what I want to manifest that day, how I want to think about my body, how I want to think about my life. I create the blueprint for my day. I don't go to the day after, and I don't think a whole lot about yesterday. I stay present and I really want each day to be the best it can be. So that would be how I start my day, and that practice is part of this practice that is the overall goal of self-love. Lisa, what would you say is something that you do every day to stay really present and mindful within this goal of yours 
to love yourself every second. I have to spend time alone with myself and with my God, my my source. Every morning, I journal, I read, I talk to source, I set my intentions for the day, I make requests what I want to feel that day. Also tune in. That's a real important part of it too. I tune in every day to what is it that I want to feel today. Um, I guess you could call it a to-feel list. <laughs> you know, these are the feelings I want to feel today. Um, and, I, and I let those feelings guide me for the day. Another thing that I think, I love the things that you're talking about in terms of, of the steps or the, you know, the, the, the secrets or the, the um, tools uh, that we need in order to move into this loving love affair with our bodies. And one of the things that I've been thinking a lot late, about lately is um, the ways that we relate to each other as women, as friends, as coworkers, as sisters, um, as family, whatever. Um, because, you know, for example, if you think of, like, if you're with a friend having lunch and she's... Uh, you know, she says, oh, my God, I'm so fat, or, you know, or you're trying things on in the dressing room or whatever, and uh, she complains about her body. Uh, we, might, we might have the tendency to say something like, oh, no, you're not, or you look great, or, you know, oh, no, you know, um, oh, my God, stop that. You're, hot, you're gorgeous. You're beautiful, whatever. Um, you know, we, we, want to, we want our girlfriends to feel better. We want, our, you know, we want to stop that, that self-talk, that negative self-talk that she's engaged in. But what if we started saying, you know, if we made commitments with each other, like, hey, I'm really trying to change the way that I talk to myself and about myself, and I need your help. What if next time you hear me beating myself up, if you say, hey, remember? You're being more loving and kind to yourself lately. Is that a very kind thing to say to yourself? Or, you know, is there another way that you could say that that's more loving? You know, where we actually guide each other into more loving conversations instead of just the typical, oh, no, you're not. Oh, you look hot. Oh, you know, this, um, you know, kind of like um, uh, shellacking a situation that, you know, shellacking rotten wood, you know, like what good is that? You know, let's, let's replace that rotting wood with some new fresh wood, you know, and, and, um, and, and help each other seal that by the ways that we respond to each other. So I think, I think engaging conversations that are supportive. And even, you know, what's one of the first things you say when you get together with a friend? Uh, many times a lot of us will say, oh, you look great. That's the first thing we say. Uh, especially if there's been time that's passed or, you know, we haven't seen that person. Um, oh, I love you. You know, I love what you're wearing. We'd compliment each other a lot on the physical, on weight. Oh, you've lost weight. Oh, my God. You know, what about like, oh, you know, you've done a great job lately. I really admire your this trait you have. Or, you know, if we start complimenting each other and supporting each other in ways that, that aren't weight-focused, that aren't body-focused, because there's so much more to us than our weight and our body. Mm. And who better to see that and recognize that and acknowledge that than our sisters, our friends, you know? So I'd love to see more of that. Oh, it's such a good idea. And I think that with the mirror that we are to ourselves, we then can hold that mirror up to the other woman. Yeah. Um, one, one of the things that I have stopped doing, this was many years ago, um, I, I will not engage in a conversation socially that is with that superlative uh, attitude or critiquing or commenting on people's appearance, I, I just, I go silent and, and being silent tends to shut the conversation down very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if somebody does comment on my appearance, I will say, oh, thank you. I, I you know, I, barely looked in the mirror today which is true um, <laughs> but but I feel great so yeah. you know that that's, mm, that's like my that. litmus test great. 
I feel great and I'm, and I'm so full of gratitude. So I think that the language, when you become aware of the way you're speaking to yourself, it affects everything in your whole life. And all of a sudden, those interactions change because you're not engaging or participating at an artificial level. And that is the mirror that will be this wonderful opportunity for whomever you are with that is focusing on all the wrong things that have really no value and and no um, contribution to the world or to their lives. So right. you are you are the master of your life, which is all any of us can really do is is take control of our thoughts and our choices in our own lives, and then that becomes contagious when you bring it out into the world and you share. It and in a social interaction or a business interaction, if that toxic language or that appearance language takes over or even becomes a topic, you can just either say nothing or turn it around by speaking about something of value. And I think that automatically switches the focus. And then other women will go, oh, okay. You know, it's it's like a little tweak. Oh, and the yeah. tweak comes yeah. from you and me and, and anyone else who wants to get on board with this body love revolution that Lisa and I are committed to. And, and many of the women that I work with, and, and I'm certain this is true for you too, there is such relief and such a deep, soulful, beautiful, cathartic opening that happens when you start on the path of love, body love, soul love, mind love, self-love, that it, it just becomes a miracle. It's, it's like you, you are given a life that you deserve to live, and there is nothing more precious than that. Absolutely, Laura. And it's, it's not like our body image is over here and the rest of our life is over there. It affects every single area of our lives from our relationships to our career success to our, you know, to our ability to, the way we move in the world, the way the world responds to us, you know, every area of our life is impacted. Um, this, this is woven into every area of our life. It's not something that we can separate, you know. It's, you know, I think of um, when I named my practice body love affair, um, I was thinking about love affairs and re- relationships and marriages, and this relationship that I have with my body is the only 100% guaranteed till death do us part relationship that I that really exists. You know, 100% till death do us part. We are in this together. <laughs> you know, there's yes. no divorce that we could get. There's, no, you know, I mean, this is it. This is, and and for each of us, this is as committed as it gets. You know. Um, so, so why not, you know, what is it costing us to not have a loving relationship with, I mean, I, you know, when you really start to look honestly at, at what, it, what it's costing us and how it's in the way of, of our deepest joy and our deepest experience, our most amazing experience that we're here to experience, you know, everything's affected. There's no more important marriage than the marriage that you have with yourself. So it's time to marry you. And with that, I'm sorry we have to go. Our time is up. It has felt like five minutes, but it has been such an honor and such a pleasure to talk to you, Lisa Carmen. And thank you for being my guest today. Um, You've been listening to Feel Good Naked. I am your host, Laura Redman. Until next time, always remember, you complete you. 
thank you for listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Lar Redmond. Please join us again live next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next show, be you and feel great in your own skin.